Hi, and welcome to the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast, a podcast where my friend Liz and I talk about all of the things we usually talk about at our weekly Sunday lunch. These topics vary from the hilarity of day-to-day life to theology, from how adorable our dogs are to the nuances of faith and life in this interesting cultural moment, all from the perspective of two women working in ministry. We might not get to share a meal with you, but you're always invited to this table. On today's episode, we have no idea what we're talking about. We're going to talk about things. And stuff, probably, too. Yeah. Really specific stuff. Yeah. And and things. So, like always, we're glad that we can share this conversation with you. So pull up a seat. Oh, that was rocky. You saved it at the end, though. I know. (laughs) It's been a while since we've done it. I've done the intro, and I did it by memory. Yeah, you did. When was the last time we did one of these? In May? Oh, my gosh. Is it July? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that feels right. We made it to July, guys. I know. We haven't died. It's been rough. It's crazy. (laughs) It has been rough. It's really funny. Liz just had a very um, okay boomer moment. I did? Yeah. She was like... Oh, my phone. Okay. I don't know how to change the info card on my I've never seen that where it said my card, but then it had something else on it. I was like, I don't know what this is even for. Yeah. You just have to click it and hit edit. You know what? (laughs) But now you know. (laughs) The more, the more you know. <laughs> you would think we're so dependent on technology these days that you would just, you'd be like an Apple genius by now. Except I usually just want to throw all the computers and phones at like the wall at some point. Okay, I'm just, boomer. Like, done with it. Okay, come on. You could have called me a Karen. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay, Karen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so things have been a little crazy as always. Where did we yeah. leave off? In May, things were still pretty crazy. You were on vacation. Whenever you oh, went on vacation right. was the last time we did oh, this. Oh, it was beginning of May. Yeah. Because we did it over Zoom, and the audio wasn't that good. Right. And there was a skunk. It was a skunk. Yeah. Wow, it's really been a long time. I don't know if a lot has happened since then. But it feels like a lot has happened, but at the same time, nothing has changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, COVID's weird. This whole situation is the weirdest thing I've ever, or any of us, I think, have really gone through and I still don't really know how to process it yeah I think there's just um people are trying to figure out kind of what what do we do now you know yeah especially as school is getting ready to start which that we're not gonna get into school things on here (laughs) everything is a dumpster fire (laughs) um but it just feels like you know the end of summer should be almost this like we should be doing more and doing things and it's just all been kind of stuck at home it's no matter what we've tried, even like where I work, every time we're like, yeah, we're going to go do this the next day, kind of gets shut down. Yeah. Oh, we can't do that. In California, the restrictions have kind of gone back and forth. Um, yeah. We were heavily restricted at first and then they sort of lifted them, but now. Those restrictions are kind of coming back. Yeah. COVID um, diagnoses. Diagnoses? Yeah. Go for uh, it. <laughs> sure. I'll go with it. Are spiking here. Yeah. And so some of those things have been um, re-restricted, no? Pulled back? Reinstated? Reinstated? That's a good one. I forgot how to talk during this time, so that's mm. good. Words it's are hard. Right. Words is hard. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's been a lot of that sort of stuff. I think um, last time we had a podcast, that was, like, my first, like, break. Yeah. Um, because my job is 
being the communications person at our church. Right, and so every down. single thing went online and it was um, pretty hectic and crazy. Thankfully, we've sort of um, fallen into a good routine and it hasn't been quite as stressful. Um, yeah, so that's been a little helpful. But at the same time, there was something nice about being so busy because I couldn't really think about all yeah. of the stress and politics and craziness because I was just surviving. Well, especially in like April and really that beginning, probably half of May, I think we were all still working on, you know, how can we be innovative? How can we be doing right. this and you know, coming up with different plans? And now that we're in July, it's kind of like, <laughs> uh, I think we've exhausted a whole lot of new avenues that maybe we had tried. Right. And so now we're all kind of in this weird funk, you know? Yeah. At least that's how I feel. Yeah, I felt, I mean, you know, since our last podcast, we've had a lot of racial unrest. We've had the COVID thing like crazy and just so much like political infighting when it comes to restrictions and masks and, you know, everyone sort of has an opinion, but it's not really like, I mean, I'm going to get really heavy right away. Normally we have more real talking, but today in my Facebook feed, um, the first post that I opened was that a friend's like beloved pastor died of COVID in Arizona. It's so sad. And then the very next post was from someone who like has been encouraging people not to socially distance because of constitutional rights and this and that. And so the juxtaposition like just feels like whiplash. It just feels like you have these people who are grieving and these people who are like, Oh, it's not really that big of a deal. You know, most people survive and no matter where you fall like on that spectrum it's so hard right now just being on social media and having to hear everyone's thoughts and opinions about it because it doesn't change any of this Mm -hmm. and that's been hard same with like racial things you have the black lives matter crew you have the all lives matter crew and everyone's fighting and no one's really willing to give any ground um you know and and i understand Mm -hmm. in some respects like when we talk about racism what kind of ground do you want people to give? Like, <laughs> right. like we're not going to, you know, I, I understand um, that. But at the same time, it just, all the screaming feels yeah, heavy. It gets to be too much. I mean, um, so I, I think I've said this on here before. Like, I don't really watch the news. Same. Not because yeah. I don't want to be informed, but because I just can't. It's like what you just said, like the whiplash that you get from like, ooh, going from one side to another it's too much and um as someone who carries anxiety with them I have to choose what I listen to what I what I process and what what I allowed like in me um because other if it's otherwise I'll just carry it around with me all day so I choose not to really watch the news I do stay engaged online I do watch read certain articles on certain websites but it's very limited I don't do it for very much of my day because well again anything that's coming out with this COVID stuff, it seems to almost change hourly sometimes. So, um, yeah, but I have to be really careful just to, because I could just get sucked down that rabbit hole and never come out. And so I have to really choose not to do that. Yeah. Jonathan Martin said it best. He said, um, are you being discipled by Jesus or by cable news? Right. And that's always stuck in my head. Like whose voice am I listening to in this? Because Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what side of the political continuum you fall on. You know, if you're only echo chambering yourself, then you are being discipled by that specific yeah. place. And as soon as you think the other side has everything wrong, then you're going to be unwilling to listen. And so I'm really careful, too, about sort of the way I consume information. 
Um, and we've talked about this a million times, but like now more than ever, fact checking. Oh yeah, <laughs> your stuff. Um, I think we talked about conspiracy theories last time, didn't we? Probably. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> we probably should have listened because we might yeah. be just like recording the same podcast we did last time. Um, but yeah, I think just just making sure that we're still seeking the truth because that's our job as Christians is to be um, a place where people can can trust that they're hearing the truth from. Because if we are spreading conspiracy theories about anything else, then who's to say that faith in Jesus isn't a conspiracy theory or yeah. that we're not just gullible and listening. I, I forget who wrote an article about that, but... Uh, I think you sent it to me too. I know, and now I can't remember I can't the author. Remember. Sorry. I didn't we'll mean to plagiarize. To <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got a question from an ardent listener. Oh. Um, and the question or thought... Is it your mom? It's an ardent listener. <laughs> she did not want to be named. Oh, well, it's then ardent. we won't name her. We'll name her ardent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the question is, am I bowing to the quote-unquote nanny state if I wear a mask, um, even if it even if it is required? Am I, by wearing a mask, am I going against my faith in God? Like, do I not trust that God will protect me from this virus? Um, and I think that's those are questions that are kind of being asked a lot right now, especially concerning, you know, mask wearing. Um, In California right now, anytime we go outside in public, we are asked to wear a mask. Um, And there are some things, especially in the faith realm, that um, seem a little bit severe, maybe. Um, The whole, like, you can't sing in a a church gathering. Um, An indoor. Yeah, indoor church gathering. So people are feeling like some of their religious freedoms are being... um, restricted yeah and, um and yeah. and so um just that thought of what, what is the right what is the wrong actually i've been asked this multiple times this week yeah um one thing i would say to specific maybe specifically christian listeners that we have um i really don't care if you wear a mask or not me personally i would say wear it but whatever however i would just say that the way that we react to this is a huge witness about church and about Jesus. Um, for instance, I was in Lowe's the, the last couple of weeks, maybe two weeks ago, and I had a mask on because the, the, there's a sign that said, right. wear a mask when you walk in. So I had a mask on and I was pushing a car. I don't even remember what I was buying. I think I was getting like a shelf or something. And this lady came in and like slammed her cart into mine and told me that I was being brainwashed by the government and that my whole generation was just worthless because we just didn't think for ourselves because I had a mask on. And in that moment, I didn't know what to say because, you know, anything that I say back to her is now going to be fighting words. And so all I could think of to say was, Thank you for your words. <laughs> like, kept walking because, I mean... I would have said, no, thank you for your words, but no. Just um, and just, like, kept walking because I just thought, I'm wearing this mask to be respectful, to be respectful of the right. guidelines that Lowe's has set up. Um, and whether they enforce them or not, that is their own thing. But I'm a rule follower to a degree. Right. And wearing a mask just doesn't seem that inconvenient to me um, right. for the 10 minutes that I'm in a store. You know, until I get to my car and then I can take it off. But for other people, I know it's a big deal. Um, so I would just say, you know, be cautious as Christians how we are reacting to this and what we are saying to others who are maybe following the, right. this or not because 
the worst thing we could do in this is to say something or to have a, a culture around the masks that would push people away from Jesus. Right. And I feel uh, like that's already happening to right. an extent where people are identifying conservative Christians by whether or not they're wearing a mask, which is hard. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> it's interesting. I've had this conversation a few times. And do you remember, you know, kind of growing up in the church, there was this idea that even if what we believe isn't true, at least if you're a Christ follower, you're living this good life. Like, at least on your deathbed, if heaven isn't real and this whole thing is a scam, the ultimate scam, that <laughs> um, you're able to say, I loved well, and the guidelines in the Bible helped me to live a moral and good life, yeah. then it was worth your belief. I feel the same sort of thing about masks. I know that there's questions from people about whether they actually work or not. Um, But at the end of the day, I don't think it's really that big of a deal to wear a mask. And if at the end we find out that they did absolutely nothing to protect people, it really hasn't cost me very much to wear one. Um, And to me, it's an example of loving my neighbor, mm-hmm. even if I don't, um, you know, I, I think even if you don't agree with it being mandated or whatever, yeah. there's a sense of, you know, we're trying to keep people safe from this virus that people are very afraid of. And I don't want to contribute to anyone's perceptions of Christians or, you know, increase people's anxiety having to deal with me. And at the end of the day, if I could transmit COVID to somebody, if I get it and I'm responsible for, you know, getting someone sick, I would feel terrible. Now, part of her her question was... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Ardent listener. (laughs) Part of her question was, is it bowing to a nanny state? Um, And I would say, you know, the Bible is clear that we're supposed to follow what the government says and the the leadership that's been um, presided over us. And Mm -hmm. so I don't necessarily think that that's true. I do understand that those questions become bigger when it's things like you can't sing in church. Well, it's even becoming personal. Right. You know, it's one thing when it's a almost a blanket statement, but when it becomes like you can't sing at an indoor worship service. Right. Like that feels personal because, you know, our faith in Jesus is a it is communal and to one right. degree, but at the same time it's it's personal. You know? Right. And I think part of the reason why and now I it's hard for me because politically I'm a moderate and I see both sides as being good in some ways and corrupt in other ways. Um, <laughs> but I think that, you know, if high schools are meeting and they're allowed to have choir and we're not allowed to sing in our buildings, then let's call it persecution. Let's say you're targeting worship services if if non-religious choirs are able to meet or whatever. Um, the other thing is, like, we've been able to sing every week because our services have been outside. That's the same at my um, church. Yeah, and so... You know, with modifications, we're still able to sing. It's not a a mandate not to worship. It's a mandate of, you know, this is how, you know, we're thinking COVID spreads. Um, So, again, I think that if it just becomes a places of worship cannot sing. Yeah. Um, But I think it's really hard to make those determinations about government overreach in the middle of a pandemic. Because, I mean, the, the government does have a responsibility to public health. And so it's, it's hard, but I will say, you know, I have a a decent handful of close friends who aren't Christians who do not understand why um, there's so much pushback because to them, they're like, wait, 
like you guys are supposed to love each other. You guys are supposed to love people. And the fact that this has become such a thing. Yeah. If you do this, then you're this. And if you don't do this, then you're that. And it's almost, we even in our church bodies have labeled people. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I've heard Christian friends say, Oh, the Democrats are, you know, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Wanting this. Um, and then there are some people on my Facebook who say, Oh, the mask is like taking the mark of the beast. I'm like, guys, that's a little, it's a little harsh. I mean, you can have opinions about it without demonizing the other side. Like you can say, you know, there've been some scientific like research to say that it could help. There's been some scientific research that says it doesn't, it's a novel virus and we're not going to have the answers about it for a really long time. Personally, I err on the side of, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a stumbling block. And I think that for me, not wearing a mask in public and having a non-Christian world witness the way I kind of deal with things, I feel pretty strongly that it's a part of my witness to wear one in public. Now, other people are going to have differing opinions. That's what I feel deeply convicted yeah. about. Um, you know, I, go ahead. I think, too, just like in, in my context, in my neighborhood, there has been a huge spike yeah. um, in, the, in positive tests for the virus um, among my neighbors. Yeah. And so, um, so for me, wearing a mask isn't because I'm controlled by the government, <laughs> not right. because I'm not a thinker, um, but because my neighbors could have it. So it really is a way, like you said, for me to love my neighbors. And then, you know, I have people that I work with and people in my family who are, um, have compromised immune systems. And so, again, the worst that I did... Are you saying you love me? I wasn't even thinking about you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Well, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just a way, it's a simple way that I can just, yeah. you know, even um, where I work, you know, we've had people with compromised immune systems that work there. And it, I mean, it's a coworker, you know, so right. you, you don't want to infect them. Even if I, I mean, even if I had it or didn't have it, it's just, it's a way that I can just show that I, I, I'm thinking of you. I'm, and this is a simple way for me to love you. Yeah. Well, and it's hard from the perspective of someone with a compromised immune system. Yeah. Well, I am too. Yeah. I, I just had another blood transfusion and I'm feeling much better. Um, but I have to take steroids and steroids make your, um, your ability to fight off infections go down. And so I'm susceptible. So sometimes hearing people say things like, well, if you have a bad immune system, you should just stay home and let us all be free. Like, they don't realize that they're talking to me or that they're talking to, you know, a population of people who have cancer yeah, and or who are done with cancer treatments now but still have a compromised immune system. And so for me, whatever we can do, honestly, to make this virus go away faster, to wear a mask. I'll wear a hazmat suit. Like, I just want it Mm -hmm. to sort of be I don't know that I'd wear a hazmat suit. It's 103 degrees today. Okay, that's true. That would be horrible. But I just think, (laughs) like, you know, of people with cancer who are living out their last months. Yeah. And who don't feel safe to go outside because they're not sure if people are going to use the safety precautions. And that's not to, like, lay on the guilt. But, you know, that that has not been a consideration for, you know, this population of people. I mean, you know, I have a few people who have just finished some cancer treatments who, you know, during those treatments before COVID was a thing, already had to, like, maintain distance from people. So for them, this isn't, like, three or four months now. It's nine or 10 or 11 months of yeah. not being able to see people. So again, kind of whatever we can do to help, even if we're not hundred percent sure that it helps, I'm kind of all for <laughs> Yeah. at this moment. So I, yeah, 
I feel good about mask wearing. I mean, it sucks when it's 103 degrees out, but at least it's not humid. That's true. Could you imagine? It's just really hot. I got sunburned from being at church today. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that two hours. You're I playing was the there. bass. I was. Nice. So the back of my arms are a little bit red because the sun was behind us. Isn't it weird to get sun? It is. Vitamin D feels pretty good though. So we were in uh, Morro Bay last weekend. Um, my cousin Alex married Maddie, oh, who right. was on the podcast not a few yes, months ago. she was one talking about tattoos on the heart with us. Yeah. So they got married finally. Um, and we went to the beach um, for two days because we were there for a kind of an extended weekend. And man, we got sunburned so quickly. <laughs> I mean, we haven't been outside for right. for extended periods of time <laughs> for months. Like, what is this? <laughs> okay, but you always get some sun. Like you're wearing an Apple Watch. Oh yeah, it's really bad. Like the line on. Oh my gosh. Is horrible. Yeah, you're like. Really, really wet. Albino. Yeah. Under your Apple Watch. But normally I wouldn't be, like, this not tan. Yeah. <laughs> um, at this point in July, because I'm usually outside with students and stuff, and we do a lot of our stuff out in the park, and we just haven't been able to do anything. Yeah. What a weird year. I was laying out, like, consistently every day and getting a little bit of color, and then I got a sunburn, and it peeled off, like, all peeled off. And that's the worst. I'm like, I worked so hard on this, and I try really hard not to get sunburned because of skin cancer. But <laughs> I was not thinking, and so then I peeled off all my color, and now I'm just very white again. Like, I'm wearing, I'm super dressed up for this meeting. I'm wearing a t-shirt and cropped sweatpants, <laughs> and my legs are so white, except for the oh, bruises. Yeah. But, well, that's from being anemic. Oh. Yay. <laughs> Except for the bruises. <laughs> I have, like, giant black and blue bruises. That's what happens when you're anemic. Anyway, let's my go back to Alex and Maddie's wedding. I'm it sorry, was we're beautiful. talking about my disease and not one of your contagious diseases. Go I ahead. I have a contagious disease right now. <laughs> right now? <laughs> no one else has to say right now. You have to make that stipulation. Whatever. All right. We went there, and um, my we brought my niece with us. She's two. Her name's Nessie. We talk about her a lot. We talk about Nessie more than our dogs. We should change the intro. Um... And after the wedding, they were doing, like, pictures with the bridal party. And Nessie had called all the bridesmaids um, princesses. And so she ran up there and was, like, photobombed their their picture because she wanted a picture with all the princes and princesses That's from so the cute. wedding. So, But it was great. It was a beautiful wedding. I mean, Aww. yeah, it was great. I'm so glad. And they had to postpone their wedding. Yeah, they were supposed to get married in May. <sighs> and it got postponed to July, but... They did it. Yay. <laughs> they got married. That's so, awesome. Yeah. It's fun. There's some people who just did it with just their immediate well, family. So I was going to text Alex when we were going up there, like, do you want me to get licensed online to do this? Because we will just make sure that you get yeah. married no matter what this weekend. You know? I offered to do it, too. Yeah, you offered. I was like, just tell me to come over. We'll <laughs> get, this, get this thing done. <laughs> so, yeah. That was fun, but we got very sunburned. We went to the beach. Nessie loves the ocean Aww. and the waves, so it was just... That's one of Michelle's favorite places, so it was just a good weekend to, to be with them. Good. I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah. I, we thought about going to the beach, but they're, everyone's at the beach right now. Yeah. So we decided not to go. Bummer. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I really miss doing things. <laughs> going so. places. <laughs> I really miss eating at Chili's. <laughs> mm. We, um... Yeah, like, I think we've talked about this before, but one of the ways I sort of cope with stress is by planning something. So, like, I need something to look forward to. So I planned this friend's camping trip (laughs) for October, which I just found out none of my friends can go to, so that's (laughs) not fun. Um, (laughs) That's not true. I'm sure Nessie can go with you. 
You're the worst. <laughs> um, but that really helps me to just sort of cope is if I'm like in a stressful period of time, like if I have something to do in a month, I'm like, okay, I can keep going for four more weeks. Like this is not that big of a deal. Not having that, like I'm realizing how much I depend on those small like yeah. breakups of things. I don't go on a ton of like big vacations, but just like a weekend or four days or something. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to Roseville. I had a work thing and I was meeting a friend um, for some other work stuff. But I stayed there for four days and it was wonderful. I mean, we were just in a hotel. Like it wasn't a big deal. But just the change of scenery yeah. was so helpful for me um, to just sort of figure out how to cope. Um, yeah. And so I was still working and still had stuff to do. But... Like, honestly, I just needed, like, to stop seeing the same four walls that I see every day. Yeah. I mean, I don't take a lot of vacations either, but um, usually in the summer, like, we kind of break up with weekends or, like, a week off here and there, and it's just felt like, why? You know, why am I going to take vacation? I can't go anywhere. I was in my apartment where I work from home or, you know. Um, So, yeah, being gone last weekend just felt like a really good couple days just to be gone because I mean looking at when school starts and stuff there's just not a foreseeable break of time again where right your job kind of depends on on school schedule schedule. and so we're just kind of waiting to see what what happens and what where they really land and yeah it can feel kind of ominous like when do I get well they keep changing it too just because everything keeps changing and so it's not like anyone's been able to like yeah say oh this is for sure when the start of school is and so yeah. Yeah. No, there's so much of that sort of craziness. Have we talked about the fact that I tried to shave your dog yet? I don't know that we have. <laughs> I was going to bring up Romy. So I have these two dogs. We've talked about this before that I got when I was lived in Mexico. And they're terrific. And they're just getting old. I know. They're going to be 10 this year. Aww. So it's just kind of coming to that realization of how old they are. So Liz asked me to come out and, like, shave her angry animal. She's not angry. Romy's like... How many times did she try to bite me? Multiple. Okay. <laughs> but she's not usually aggressive. It was, what, in April? It yeah. must have been. Because no. the last dance was on. Oh, my gosh. So we've probably talked about this already. <laughs> oh. oh, we did. Because you oh. talked about how I just went inside and didn't help. Oh, that's right. <laughs> wow, we have nothing good to talk about on this podcast. Well, Romy's hair is even longer now because we haven't been able to get her groomed. Right. And then she's been having some hip issues because she's part dachshund and so it's just kind of what happens with them yeah. I guess I'm not a dog expert but it's very sad yeah so last night Matt texted me from the other room because that's what we do now nice yeah I yeah <laughs> and our dog River jumped in bed with him to snuggle with him for two minutes got petted and then came back out to me <laughs> so the joke in our house we have three dogs in our house um, is that they all love me and no one else, which is sort of true unless you have food or something. Like, if Matt's eating, then the dogs want him. But as soon as he's done eating, they all come and, like, lay at my feet. Like, it's a whole thing. And so Matt last night texted me. He goes, River just came in to snuggle with me for, like, two minutes and left. And then I sent him a picture of him <laughs> at my feet. I'm like, he knows where to go. He knows who loves him. And he's so offended. And so he's like, I'm going to stop feeding them. <laughs> Don't worry, we're still going to feed our dogs. I'll feed them. But he was like, why do I do things for these stupid dogs? So my dogs, 
they live with my parents and my dad is so funny because he gets so mad when we sit at the table to eat because the dogs just jump on him and jump on his leg and all this stuff because he always feeds them. I feed him from your table when I come over though. You do? He knows. Yeah. Oh yeah. But when I've mean, been at your house. Everybody it's been feeds, a long time. Everybody feeds the dogs. Right. But he's so mad. He's like, why do they do this? And then he'll immediately and feed then he them. Does it. And it's like, because you're feeding this them. This is how you train dogs. Yeah. That reminds me of The Office, where Jim and the, the Altoids. Oh, yeah. Where he, like, every time he closes his computer down, he, like, gives a Dwight gives and He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to link that just in case That's people haven't one. seen it. You so know, we good. always say we're going to link stuff, and we never do. I do sometimes. I just forget. Sometimes I link it, like, on Twitter. Oh, because that's the only on place I, I should be on Twitter because you, oh. Twitter and TikTok, because between you and Michelle always sending me stuff, I might as well just be on both of those, but. It's true. I got Twitter hate mail this week. Oh yeah, you did. Oh my gosh. I tweeted totally something and did. I didn't mean for it to be as snarky as it ended up being. Are you sure? It was oh, pretty snarky. Like, like I like was trying to be more like, seriously guys. Okay. So there are a lot of people who complain about like their right to worship, which I understand, again, like we were talking about before, you know, the mandates are hard, and especially when they change the way we have our worship gatherings. But a lot of people that I hear, like, really complain about, like, not being able to meet, like, hardly ever come to church. Like, they always have something going on. But one of the things, like, consistently is that people have kids in sports, and so they miss Sundays, like, half the year. And so I said something like lots of people um, complain about... They're, like, not having the right to worship, but then they normally miss half the year because their kids are, play sports. And it got, like, 4,000 likes. But Randy Alcorn, yep. who I knew he was an author, but I couldn't remember what he... I don't his think big I have one is books. Heaven. That's one yeah, of his yeah, big yeah. ones. Um, he retweeted it, <laughs> which I was like, oh, no. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so then I got hate mail. I also got hate mail because of Babylon B post I made, which has become racist trash. It's been it's been a good it's been a good Twitter <laughs> Twitter time. It's been a good week in Twitter for you, then. Oh my goodness, no, it's been a terrible week. <laughs> I mean, it's fine, it's funny, but like Twitter fame is not that exciting. Yeah. Someone I was meeting with a friend last week. I met with Johnny and Danielle. Yeah. Um, and I told them about the tweet. It was last it was last Monday, I think, and um. Danielle was like, teach me your ways to become Twitter famous. So I was like, you don't want it. You don't want it. It just means that people DM you like crazy, Ugh. weird stuff and call you bad names in the name of Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> so Twitter fun. Sounds like it. At Sounds the same like time, yeah, I should really sign up for that. Right you had now. already signed up and then I you did. Like, chickened out. I did. I had Twitter for like a week. And then I was like, I just, You miss out on such good content though. I just didn't need one more thing. It's true. I say if you're going to trade something out, Facebook is a dumpster fire. True. Twitter's better. But the thing is, like, for my job, I use Facebook a lot. Same. I haven't been able to deactivate my Facebook. (laughs) I considered it. So our friend Jeremiah. Yeah. He unfriended every single person on Facebook. Like, and still has his Facebook to run some accounts. But, like, I don't think that's the worst idea. No. It's hard right now because I try to take, like, a social media break every year. Um, break. We should talk about Hamilton with next. I know. I can't believe we haven't talked about Hamilton yet. Um, like, I try to take a break and just run my social accounts and stay away. But because that's, like, the only way to 
like connect with people right now. It's yep. been really hard. Except you do also connect with people on Animal Crossing. Oh my gosh, I love Animal Crossing <laughs> so much. So I don't have Animal Crossing. So Michelle either. broke her foot. Yeah, Michelle broke her foot. It's yeah. kind of Liz's sister-in-law. If you're new to the podcast, um, we should really save that story for when <laughs> we can tell the whole story. Yeah, I mean, thing. let's but just yeah, say she broke, she broke her, her foot. foot, and it's been a huge bummer because we've already been kicked up. It has up, been, yeah. And things are a little crazy <laughs> in their Again, lives. Again, it's just, I think I've said this a few times this podcast already, it's just one more thing. Right. You know? um, but she's a little bored, and so I think I'm going to buy her Animal Crossing for my own benefit, because the more friends you have, the better <laughs> on Animal Crossing. Anybody who's played Animal Crossing knows this. Um, having friends is fun. You get to write letters to each other. And you got letters saying people had missed you on Animal Crossing. For a whole Crossing. month. Yeah. I didn't play for a month because I'm so tired of screens. Like, if I never have another Zoom meeting, I won't be sad. <laughs> and now it feels like everything's going back to Zoom. <laughs> well, now everyone is like, hey, Zoom's awesome. We don't have to meet face-to-face or travel or do anything. Mm. And I'm like, please don't make this the normal. I don't <laughs> want this to be the normal. Well, I have class next weekend, and it's again. And I know I have, no. a, I have a couple Zoom meetings this week, and it's just so much screen time. I mean, I don't I don't I don't think I truly realized how much like screen fatigue I could get oh, until yeah. all of this happened and then I started taking classes right in the middle of it that are all online and it's just a lot. Yeah. So, I did not watch any like no TV, no movies, blah blah blah. The only thing I did do Okay, so are you like this? If there's a finale of your favorite show, do you ever like save it? Yeah. Okay. Like I don't want it to be over yet. Or I'm just not in the right headspace to like to really grieve appre- or to really appreciate it even. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I've, I wanna. I don't want to be distracted. I want to take it that in. way with Breaking Bad. <laughs> I've never seen Breaking Bad. I know yeah. it's a problem. It's okay. Um, it's not for everybody. But just the so Good Place knows. has been one of my favorite shows from the beginning. So when I found that the Good Place was coming out, I showed the trailer to Matt. Matt was like, "Oh, it seems cool, but it's gonna get canceled. Like this stuff always gets canceled." There were a few other shows sort of like that that I really liked. Matt really liked Chuck and it has that same sort of feeling of Chuck but Chuck was able I think at the end to resolve. I don't remember but every year it was like don't cancel Chuck and so we thought it was going to be like that but The Good Place actually took off and became really popular but I I was not ready to watch the end so I picked COVID to watch the end of the show that's very theologically profound and and dear to your heart kind of and I sobbed through the last episode, and I can't even talk to you about it, but it actually, anybody who's listening who is a fan of The Good Place and who watched it, I'm still having a little bit of an existential crisis. Oh, man. From it, and so, Liz, you need to watch it, but... I know. I say that, I think I've said that a few times on here, that, oh, yeah, I'm going to start it. I will. Pinky swear. Yeah, yeah, I don't believe you. Your pinkies mean nothing to me. (laughs) All lies. They're all lies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so Hamilton. Hamilton came out on Disney Plus on July 3rd. Oh my goodness. And Michelle and I watched it on July 3rd, and it was 1,000% worth it. Now, nothing beats live theater. It's, it's true. And nothing does. Like, when you're sitting in the theater, and you're just surrounded by people who are as excited as you are. However, it's very well done. It's so, so well done. So I thought they did it in one take. No. But they did not. They did it over several performances, mm-hmm. which and makes some sense. And some performances was without an audience. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You saw, um, like the close-ups, a lot of those were without yeah. an audience. They're just because you can't... <laughs> can you imagine paying for that and then having like a camera in front of the character while they're singing? 
I, I think can't. people would get upset. Dude, the episode of Drunk History about Hamilton with so Lin-Manuel Miranda is so good. <laughs> if, you're, if you've never seen Drunk History, I mean, it's not for children. It's obviously. not. Obviously, listen to the title. They quite a bit. <laughs> they do, but it's so good. Um, the one on Harriet Tubman is also one of my favorites. Who plays April Ludgate? What's her name? Aubrey Plaza uh-huh. plays Aaron Burr, and it's so funny. <laughs> it's so good. She's so awkward, and she's perfect for the yeah. role. Um, but it's so good. So the third, like at midnight, mm-hmm. Matt and I started it. And, of course, it's two and a half hours, and yeah. so we only watch it. I fall Thankfully, asleep. there's an intermission. It's one minute. Well, I know, but it's, a, but it's a good place to pause <laughs> it. It is a good place to, like, Like a stop. natural break, you know. Right. But even Matt, who has now seen it, uh-huh. um was like, holy cow, it's just so yeah. good. There have been some, like, questions about its historical accuracy, but I'm like, honestly, guys, it's a Broadway play. Well, that's like, you know, I read some of some of those criticisms, too, with um, Lin-Manuel Miranda's response. And his, you know, he said, you know, I'm trying to get a whole guy's life into two and a half hours. There right. were obvious things I had to cut out or omit or change, but I tried to stay as accurate as I could the two and a half hours and right you know so, okay so i have a question okay what is your take about the gasp at the end uh, so eliza at the end of hamilton are we giving it away we're not really giving it away because it's just a gasp it doesn't like <laughs> but she like looks out onto the audience and she like audibly like <gasps> and then it like ends and yeah. it's such a moving moment like i cry mm-hmm. i mean i cry through the whole thing Every yeah. time. Dear Theodosia. Dear Theodosia gets me too. Quiet of town. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> um, wait for it. Wait for it. Gets me a little bit. Did you know, you know how it, it says his his grandfather was a fire and brimstone uh-huh. preacher? His grandfather was Jonathan Edwards. Really? Yeah. Ooh. I know. It's kind of a cool story. Now you know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't. We could do this all day. <laughs> yeah, we could. But we um, should take a break. Just kidding. Nah. Okay. Okay, so my take on the gasp at the end. You missed my take a break joke. Okay. Go ahead. I did. At the end. I did. Sorry, <laughs> I was thinking about my response to that. You put me on the spot. Okay. Um, you know, I think the whole last song is about who's telling your story. Mm-hmm. And, it's, um, you know, you really go to Eliza and all the things that she's... I think that's one of the main reasons it's called Hamilton, not Alexander Hamilton, because you're also hearing... Um, you know, Eliza's story and how much she's grown and threw herself back into the narrative. Wow. Um, so I think it could be a couple of things. One of the ones that I really like is the idea that she's looking at the audience, you know, and just kind of being amazed that their stories are being told. Right. Almost fine. Like finally our stories are really being told. And I think that that's a really, you know, who, who else gets to, know who tells their stories, you know. And yeah, one of the theories. Now, Lin-Manuel Miranda has been so good at, like... He's not giving anything away. <laughs> which is kind of cool. Yeah. It, it kind of leaves people to their own interpretations. But mm-hmm. I do like the idea of, like, in that last scene, that Lin-Manuel Miranda is no longer Hamilton. Yeah. He's telling Eliza's story. Yeah. And she realizes, like, it breaks the fourth mm-hmm. wall. Like, this idea mm-hmm. that it breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. That's a pretty cool way of doing it. But what he said... Um, in response to that, is that he doesn't perform in every Hamilton. That's There's true. always a different one, so it couldn't be him, but that he likes the idea of it, and that it's different for every Eliza. That's true. Because they're, they don't know, the actresses don't know mm-hmm. either, and so whatever it is, yeah, it's sort of their thing too. And so that's kind of cool and mysterious. I don't like, this is just in life in general, I don't like when things are too neatly tied up. You don't love it when everything resolves. No. That's a, 
Uh, do you remember that book, Blue Like Jazz? Yeah. That's yeah. one of the things, his big thing about jazz music jazz is that it, never does, it doesn't resolve. resolve. Some anyway. people really like having that closure, mm-hmm. but I really like wrestling with the implications of things. And yeah. so for me, I even when I was reading his response, I was like, oh, I hope he doesn't give it away. Yeah. Like, I hope he doesn't say, yes, it's that, or mm-hmm. whatever. Or it, if it, he does say that, he says that to every one of them. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it's that, and that too, and this right. too. Right, like leaving some things to interpretation. I feel the same way about a good sermon. Yeah. You know, if, if the point is to tie up really neatly in the end, then I have no reason to think about it and stew on it the whole rest of the day. Like, I want the mystery. Mm-hmm. And when I don't have it, it actually feels like I got a little robbed. Yeah. Like, you've done well, all the, the the theological work for me. You've done all of the, all the, the thinking, thinking for, for me. Yeah. And I don't like that. Like, I want to think mm-hmm. for myself. But I understand from the other side of, I want to know exactly what they meant. Yeah. So I have closure. So what's your take on it? Um, I mean... I, that the whole like breaking the fourth wall thing is probably my favorite yeah um idea of what that means uh, after i read that and rewatched it with the gasp at the end i sobbed mm-hmm. i was like oh if that's really true and none of this was really about hamilton it was more about eliza's story well holy cow well really and that's this might be too much hamilton is the story of Alexander Hamilton, told by Aaron Burr, but it's right. actually the story of Eliza Hamilton. You right. Know? <laughs> it's so It's crazy. so crazy. The, yeah. He but put that together, and it's I just it's love so it good. so much. Yeah. There are some people who don't like it, which is so bizarre to me, but I guess if you don't like rap, yeah, then maybe that's not a good thing. But I was addicted to the soundtrack the first time I heard it. Like, the first time I heard... Yeah, it was... I remember we were... Something was happening, and you were like, have you ever listened to the soundtrack? And I went, no. And then I downloaded it on my phone, and then the next day I was like, I've listened to it three times it's since yesterday. <laughs> so good. We went, we were going somewhere. Yeah. And we, like, listened or something. But it, it's, yeah, I've been such an act. Same with Jenny. Yeah. My friend Jenny. I was and like, it, have you heard Hamilton? She was like, no. And I was like, oh, my gosh, the soundtrack I, is so it good. It wasn't that I hadn't listened to it for any reason. It was just like. Yeah. <laughs> I just hadn't listened to it yet. And then it. Oh, and probably because it was really popular. And sometimes when things are really popular <laughs> and people are like, you have to listen to it, have to listen to it. I don't like to Same. because I don't always love the popular things, but it, man. And sometimes the expectation then yeah. is here and I hate having my expectations like dashed. Yeah. And so I try to walk into things with no expectations. So yeah, if someone has like been like, you have to watch this or you have to listen to this, Maybe which that's I why do. I haven't watched The Good Place. But I do that to people all the time. I'm like, you have to listen to this or watch this. Probably because I just trust my own taste is really, really good. <laughs> I'm so picky. I'm just kidding. I've never seen The Princess Ride. And everyone uh, says it's like so good, but now I'm afraid to watch you it. You should watch it just to, to watch it. You also need to watch Star Wars. No, I don't think I do. Matt was watching it the other day and honestly looks so stupid. I'm sorry, people who love Star Wars. It really looks now dumb. you're going to get even more hate mail. I know. I'm okay with it. Like, again, we've talked about this before, but there's something to be said about nostalgia. Yeah. And so if you've watched something as a kid and it means a lot to you now, that doesn't mean that it's not good at all, but it could be that you're functioning in nostalgia. Like, you know, I saw E.T. as a kid. But then I tried to rewatch it as an adult, and it's I was like, weird. it's really weird and kind of dumb. What was the other one that I really liked? Batteries Not Included. Do you remember that movie? Nope. They were about little, like, 
I don't know, like little space, I don't even remember what they were, like little robot creatures. And I was like, oh my gosh, I remember that from a kid. And then, like, I watched it and I was like, oh, it was for me. It was Babes in Toyland. Have you ever watched that movie? Mm-hmm. It's on Disney Plus. We used to watch it. We didn't watch it a lot, but when it would come on, we would, like, stop everything and watch it. And then I watched it recently and I was like, this movie is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Nope. There are some. I had, like, little, like, movie addictions growing up, though. Like, I would watch the same movie uh-huh. over and over. Robin Hood Men in Tights was one. <laughs> um, See, I liked Robin Hood, but the Disney version. But we were Disney people when he's a fox. Yeah, I mean, I never, like, I didn't grow up watching movies, and so I think we've we've talked about all these things we're talking about before, but that's okay. Um, But, like, I've never seen a lot of the Disney movies. I haven't seen Aladdin. I know. We watched, one time when you came over and watched Nessie when David and Michelle were gone, and I had a meeting, I was like, oh, throw in the Aristocats, and you're like, what? Like, is it sad? And I was like, no, you'll like it. And because Nessie loves yeah. it. And she was all about it. So, yeah, I've never seen it. It's good. And I still haven't seen it till the end. No. Um, but that's okay. And I'm just not one. It's just not my thing. There's a generation thing, though, too. A lot of people our age and like lower don't have the same capacity for sitting and watching a movie. I think part of it is we're just trained to watch things in short segments. Probably. You know, I feel that way. You know, I can read a long book. But sometimes I get, like, antsy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, if someone could just write a really good article about this and, like, get <laughs> to the point, honestly, then I can... Well, it's interesting, too, because, like, Nessie, we're, we're discovering... So we wa- we recorded... No, we were watching something on my parents' TV because they have cable. <laughs> um, and there was a commercial. And she was like, oh, what yeah. happened? Yeah. Like, what Like wh- what do you do during this time? And so then she would run around and get distracted. And she's like, Nessie, it's back on. She... Every time the commercial came on, like, what happened? Yeah. You know, that something my, has happened and malfunctioned. My niece and nephew, well, Matt's niece and nephew, um, were homeschooled. And I was I was babysitting them, I think, at my in-law's house or something. And they loved the movie Babe. And okay. Babe was on TV. And every time commercial came on, they were like, where's the pig? Where's the pig? Yeah. And I was so confused. And I was like, oh. They don't know what commercials are. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. But I wish I didn't know what commercials were because they're the worst. I did. um, Even this year's Super Bowl commercials weren't good. I have a question. Have you maintained your (laughs) commercial-free Hulu account? Hulu account? I have. Oh, my goodness. Liz (laughs) was living. Because you shamed me into it. (laughs) Liz was living, I don't even know, a very sad life where she wasn't paying the extra two bucks a month or whatever (laughs) in order to go commercial-free. I'm like, why do you do this to yourself? But then there's a part of me that, like, appreciates a break because yeah. then I can get up and get a snack and a drink. Yeah. So it's hard so I now. I don't know. It's, I go back and forth. I want the option. I guess since I can pause, That's I true. always have the option, but That's true. I don't know. There's some 90 kids thing. So there's this TikTok thing. This is probably why we can't watch movies is because we watch TikTok. Oh gosh. But is TikTok not the best? I don't know. Cause I'm not on TikTok. Whatever. I send you TikToks all the time. <laughs> That's true. But they did this thing where they asked kids to make the gesture that they make when they're on the phone. We do this with our thumb and our pinky, like uh-huh. a banana, talking on the phone. And they do this like with a palm toward the their palm face. <laughs> That's how you talk on the phone. It's just so funny to see these yeah. small generational changes based on the difference in technology. Mm-hmm. I'm so well, and even, interested. Yeah. So going back to Hamilton, we didn't talk about this. I don't know okay. if we have or not. What's your, like, top three favorite songs? I, oh, won't say, okay. I won't say favorite song because that's controversial, but top three. Okay. Wait for it. Okay. Satisfied and Hurricane. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Dear Theodosia is, like, four, but I cry every time I listen to yeah. it. 
Yeah. What about you? Satisfied. It's probably my number one. Yeah. First of all, how they do that on stage is kind of amazing. It's so good. Um, the Rewind. And then I would say Burn. I really like oh, Philippa Sue. Dude. Skylar Sisters. Pretty much all the Skylar Sisters songs. Yeah. They're all just really talented. Probably honorable mention, Quiet Uptown. Oh. But that one's very sad. But it's so sad. It's so good. I agree with you. Skylar Sisters was my favorite for a long time. But then wait for it. Once I saw it live. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy cow, like, wait for it became my favorite. So, yeah, those are my favorites. Anything else we have to talk about? It's so funny because we've been saying for eight weeks, we should really podcast. Yeah. We should really podcast. But it's so hard because I think when we have an idea for that, the whole world changes. So it's like, yeah. oh, man. But we should get back to doing this weekly. It's or true. at least every other week. Don't wait eight more weeks before we do this again. Yeah, I don't think that we should. I think it's been hard, too, because there's so much heavy stuff. Yeah. Like, when I When you're st- working from home a lot. Yeah. And you live in Stockton, which isn't that far. It's no, not that far, but... No, I used to be... Well, we used to, like, go to dinner and do the things, yeah. and now we don't as much, and it's we've been trying to be safe. And, even today, it was like, hey, let's get lunch somewhere. Oh, wait. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. And so we had Taco Bell. But, yeah, I think part of it... Like, somebody asked why we hadn't podcasted in a while, and I said, honestly... I just haven't felt the heart for it. Yeah. Not that I don't think it's good. Like, it's been... We don't necessarily get a lot of comments, like, on our, like, Twitter or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I get a ton of text messages so from I. people yeah. who are just like, oh, I heard this. And what do you think about this? And I love having those conversations. Like, that's, you know, mm-hmm. if, if I could name a love language that isn't really a love language, it's having conversations about things that actually matter. Um which is why we sort of started this to begin with is yeah. just having a little platform to discuss kind of what it's like. Um, you know, even like the intro says, you know, what it's like to be a woman in ministry, what it's like to, yeah. you know, the, these these cultural things in relation to the faith. And so um, those conversations are really important to me. But so often there's not a medium for it. Um and even this is just us talking. Right. You could you could say that this is our own echo chamber of just sort of what we believe. But, um, you know, having people write me and say, hey, listen to this. And what do you think about this? Or maybe I didn't mm-hmm. agree with this. Can you explain? Honestly, has been really fruitful for a lot of my relationships where there isn't as much understanding or we have some fundamental disagreements about, yeah. you know, some theological positions. Like complementarianism is yeah. one. Um, you know, I've been working for our conference or mm-hmm. church conference denomination whatever conference. everyone uses it interchangeably so I, I never know the right thing to we say. are a the denomination is baptist yes but we are part of a conference within the baptist church thank you spokesperson um <laughs> on the executive team for norcal oh, i'm so sorry she's on the executive team um <laughs> but like i was talking to um our like women's connection group which mm-hmm. has been really fun for me and they were asking me some questions, and I was really honest about the fact that I'm a hardcore egalitarian who has decided to work in a complementarian setting and how important it is to have, like, women's representation, even if you don't believe that women can hold every position or in, lead, like, senior leadership or whatever. Um, and having those conversations with people who disagree with me, who come from a place of understanding yeah. and not from, I just want to fight about this theological right. thing goodness gracious is honestly so freeing for me 
um, in a world where everything is polarized by you must be this because you believe this or you must be this because you do this or whatever, like being able to function within a space to where I can have a different position without being called anything or assumed anything of me or, you know, sometimes I tell people that and they say, oh, well, you're one of those burn your bra feminists. <laughs> you know what I'm like? Uh. I mean, I'm a feminist if you mean the the definition that women should have equal rights and equal pay for equal work and those things maybe not all of the things that feminism has been co-opted with just like you know you could say you're a christian so you must be this and this and believe this like there are just different things and so um yeah i've i've been really blessed by having some spaces in recent days where i can be um honest about some of those positions yeah without anything extra being assumed of me um and that's been really nice and so sometimes this this podcast sort of functions that way because you and I have differences of opinion about some things but we've always sort of functioned in a way it's like well I try to understand where yeah you're coming from and and some of it just at the end of the day I think maybe especially right now a lot of it is amplified in different in different spheres of like my daily life right that you almost have to have a spirit of I'm gonna agree to disagree with you but I'm still gonna love you like um yeah and that comes in you know whether it's family, work, church, you know, gym stuff, it's, it's all, you know, I, we can all still love each other and disagree with right. each other. We don't have to be bickering and fighting all the time, you know? Right. Cause that's no fun. No, I, it's so <laughs> it's exhausting. Ex- it's exhausting. I'm like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'm down for an argument. Right. Like, but not over every little thing. No, it's, it's like, let's find a hill to die on. And make it the hill to die on. But if you are dying on every hill, you're going to do a lot of dying. Yeah. And I'm tired of... Dying is easy, young man. Living, living is, hard. is harder. And on that note, <laughs> this has been another episode of the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast. Try not to die this week. If you have any questions or comments oh, yeah. or anything, we are up for getting You can topic. text me. Or, well, you think... If you have my number, you can text me, or Sarah will probably just give you her phone number. My number is 209-684-6079. You can text me. Um, Speaking of that, I found out my phone number is on the dark web. I got a notification. Probably from you. That's fine. It's already on the dark web, so what is it going (laughs) to hurt now? It's on the even darker web? Like, who knows? What does that mean, dark web? I don't really know. (laughs) I think it, it feels like this weird underground, like place i'm pretty sure george soros has something i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i was like let's not talk about like hype. that was a joke okay and on that note we should go all right see See you next time bye